Aragon's mind churned as he sped on his way. Book one, Aragon, chapter 10, Flight of Destiny. Welcome to Aragon and Back Again, a podcast where we explore Christopher Pellini's inheritance cycle one chapter at a time. I'm Lucy Hart. And I'm Darian Smart. And once again, we have returned back to Aragon. Oh, no. I am so excited oh, no. and also happening. so horrified at the oh, same time. Oh, this whole thing. <laughs> oh my gosh, this chapter just gets, it gets real. It gets real in many ways that you don't even consider. Absolutely. It's, it's, bah. Ah. It's just so cool. It's so good. Um, but before diving into the chapter summary, mm-hmm. has anything inspired you lately? Yes. I want to talk briefly about Nimona. Oh, yes. So, yeah. Have you watched it? I yet? actually just watched you it. Were! I did watch it. Yes. Good. Okay. So, Nimona. <laughs> that sound effect is going to be super fun to quiet down. <laughs> I'm definitely looking at it. Oh, I blasted up the audio. You're okay. Like, so, Nimona is a animated movie that just came out on Netflix. The story of this movie is like the progress of the movie coming out is a whole inspiration in and of itself. Yes. Not going to get into that. Yeah. It's based off a webcomic by Indy Stevenson, Mm -hmm. which is very good. I'm not going to get into that. I'm actually not even going to get into Nimona the movie, though it's all very, very good and inspiration in and of itself. What I want to talk about is just briefly the differences between the original webcomic by Stevenson and the movie Nimona. And what those differences, because this is about 10 years apart between when Stevenson was uploading this on Tumblr. Yeah. And when this finally came out. 10 plus years, I think. Yeah. And the differences in those movies and how it reflects the journey that Stevenson has been on himself. Yeah. Because Andy Stevenson is uh, assigned female at birth. They are a trans man who only recently came to terms with this aspect of his identity yeah. that he was not aware of for a rather long time. He was the showrunner of She-Ra, creator of the Lumberjanes, which is one of my favorite comics. Yeah. All these things are things that give me inspirational light. Yeah. But I'm someone who didn't come to terms with like my identity as being ace or lesbian until extremely recently. Hello. <laughs> and this, I think this is something you relate to. Yep. And so seeing Stevenson's journey as a creator recently coming, like coming to, and it's like, they, they even did an interview where they talked about looking back on, like, comments they made whilst working on Nimona that was always been seen as a very strong trans allegory. Yeah. But that was not their intent at the time. And yeah. just realizing, oh, oh, I was, I was, it's me. Yeah. It me. The whole time. <laughs> oh, look at me. <laughs> and just the, the fact that when I read back on some of the other things I've written in the past and worked on the past and been like, oh, it me. Yeah. It me. Eight years ago before I knew. It me. Yeah. Six years ago. Oh, it me. This character. Yeah. It me. It me. It me. Yep. And so I just want to shout out the inspiration we find in ourselves and our stories and how the nature in which we... Because I would say Nimona, the movie, is so much more uplifting yeah. and joyful than the, the webcomic, especially the end of it. Yeah. Like, but both are both are very good. But yeah. I think it's like... It, I think that highly reflects Stevenson's journey. And like, I, I don't know this person, so I cannot project it. Yeah. I'm very hesitant to do that about creators and celebrities or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely. But based on the information that they have been public about. Yeah. And identifying it in, in queer narrative or like self-discovery and acceptance of every type yeah. in our lives and in journeys. That's really cool to me. Yeah. My favorite line in Nimona is, I'm Nimona. Mm-hmm. That is like, what are you? I'm Nimona. No, I mean, like, what are you? I'm Nimona. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... I'm me. Yes. It's mm-hmm. like, I am just me. And and I love, like, I love Nimona's attitude, too, of, like, you can just deal with it. If you don't like it, 
Yeah, Go I don't. Away. I like, shouldn't have to change myself exactly. to make you comfortable. Absolutely. When I'm not actually doing anything that is a threat or harmful to you. Yep. Except your sensibilities. Yep. It's very and, good. Yeah, I really, really do like, and def- definitely recommend anybody watching. It's so good. Mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. so, so, so good. Yeah, ten out of ten. Great movie. Slaps hard. Soundtrack slaps whole time. Yeah, webcom is great. So Movies good. great. The meta narrative around the difference between two are great. It's great. Yay, queer people. Yes, I agree entirely. Absolutely. All right, Luce, um, what you got? I've been trying to think. Like, there's a lot of it. I think I'm just gonna go with basic. So sometimes when I am outside what i really like is what i like doing is like i just like taking pictures of clouds it's just something cool. that i do i love when you send me yeah. pictures of and clouds and i just Luce. i just have like there's like clouds are just super cool and they're like soup they can be super colorful and they'll do all these things and i just really like taking pictures of clouds it's just something that i like doing if i'm outside or if i see a cool cloud formation or anything like that and um for me it's like when i was really younger I used, I thought of this thing. It's like, what if like the imprints that we see, like, that's what I, like, if we see quote, like the things we see in clouds are actually imprints of something happening out of this world. And there is something that's getting pushed into our world. And Ooh, that is what Luce, I love yeah. that. So it's like, it's just like that cool, like little thing. And I also think like clouds can like inspire, like you see a lot of like those really cool, like pictures, like look at this dragon and it looks literally looks like a dragon in the sky. Yeah. And I think like there's, there's a lot of like inspiration you can get from clouds and like along that, along that thread, nature too is just really good. Like if you, I've always felt really inspired just going for a walk and like seeing a river and being like, I want to write, I want to describe this scene exactly that I am standing in. And I also think it's like pretty good. Like if you're describing like a forest scene, like go camping or Mm -hmm. something something or like mountains like go 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 hiking kind of thing like I think immersing yourself in nature is a really good way in inspiration or just like even like even if you see a cool flower and you're like that flower looks so cool or like that would look so much cooler if it looked like xyz that's world building like do the things like take take inspiration where you can find it in yeah so I love that yeah clouds and queer people (laughs) I love us so much Okay, so let's talk about, ooh, Flight of Destiny. Yes, this one's rough. Aragorn races back to the farm. Knowing he will need Saphira to be present for Gar to believe him, Aragorn finds his dragon first. But when Saphira hears of the stranger, she is overcome with fear, rage, and panic. Unable to calm her down, Aragorn ends up on Saphira's back when she takes to the skies to flee. Their first flight together is neither comfortable nor majestic. They end up deep in the spine, far from the farm. Aragon is in bad state, the flight having taken such a physical toll that he must rely on Saphira to protect him from freezing to death. In no shape to fly again, Aragon resigns himself to sleep, fearing the fate of his uncle. Yep. Man! It's, oh, the emotion yeah, in the this emotion. episode. In this, in in this, this chapter, chapter yeah. excuse me. It is, it really, because it's, again, we were, uh, we're, we're having this, like, tension and I think it's, like, the tension was at about, like, maybe a 2 or 3 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And then he talks to Safira and it goes to a 12. Oh, 12 yeah. out of 10. Like, it is. And it, and it kind of leaves us, like, like oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, if the what dragon is afraid. Yeah, if mm-hmm. the dragon is, like, if Safira is that mm-hmm. terrified, like, what are these things kind yep. of thing. Yep. I do, I love, again, how Aragorn knows, again, logic, like, 
how we praised Aragon so early on for like, hey, we had a plan, we had to get ready yeah. and like prepare, be responsible with your dragon before you tell Garo and Roan about it, and then procrastinate, procrastinate, procrastinate. Yep. And now it's like that has truly come back mm-hmm. because if he had told Garo before, he would not have to go to Safira now. Gar, yep. he could just tell Garo, and we would move to the next thing. Yep. But he does wisely know that he's like, I can't just tell Garo. By the way, that stone I had. Hash into an egg is a dragon. Uh, now there are strangers looking for it. Yep. He knows I just need Saphira here and then we will like, and that's, that is smart because you yep. see this in like fantasy, supernatural setting, sci-fi, whatever, where the, the young protagonist is trying to tell their parental figure the truth, but they don't, the parental figure doesn't believe them because it's too outlandish. Yep. And then they just don't grab the thing of the evidence that would very clearly let yeah. them know they're telling the truth. Like, that is always so annoying. Yep. So props to Aragon for avoiding that. Yes. Absolutely. But, oh my gosh. Every, just Safira's reaction. Yep. Like, when he, like, tells her what happened and when he mentions the strangers, Safira recoiled. Bloodlust and fear emanated from her in great, sickening waves. Fire, enemies, death, murderers. And she's just lashing she's just, out and, like, and roaring. Yep, and I do think, like, it's like when he, like, right here he tries to reach out. And he's like, what's wrong? He put all the strength into his words, but an iron wall surrounded her mind, shielding mm. her thoughts. Mm-hmm. And he can still hear her. Oaths betrayed, souls killed, eggs shattered, blood everywhere, murderers. And Aragorn's just like, I can't talk to her. Yeah. Uh, What is happening? Yeah. Basically. Like, yeah, he can't get in and he actually has to block out her emotions because it is too much for him to take in himself. Yep. And he switches to like talking out because when they talk, they speak mentally. Mentally. And he switches out loud to be like, enough, Safira. Everything's going to be all right. And he's physically trying to, like, hold on to her yeah, and get her to calm to down. Her. Yep. And at one point, like, I love, he locked out her emotions, uh, watching her tail. When it flicked past him, he dashed to the side and grabbed a spike on her back. Clutching it, he pulled himself onto the small hollow base of her neck and held it tightly as she reared again. Which is, as we talked about, a place where Aragorn sits often Has when they're together. Yep. And he, like scratches her scales so we probably identify this as a position that provides her with comfort and relaxation yeah. for both of them so yep. he's trying to get in a position that will be comfortable for her oh, and 100%. trying to get her to calm down yep. instead once she is on his on her back yep she jumps to the sky and she yep. takes to the air and is immediately flying to get away yep and she I crouched. think that's so interesting. I do think so, too. Mm-hmm. I just, I did highlight that where it's, she crouched and her wings rushed upward. They hung there for an instant, then drove down as she flung herself into the sky. Mm-hmm. And I do love that, like, it's almost like you can see it where it's like a second hesitation before she launches up. And just like Aragon being like, oh, no. And then just sky. Yeah. And it's just like, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. And they are, they are going like. Banked towards the spine. Underneath, he glimpsed the farm in the Anora River. Yep, the river has a name. I wouldn't think it, but it's fine. The river has a name. I don't know why I've <laughs> the decided Anora to. River. This is the thing I'm going to cling to. <laughs> um, and he is like, this is not pleasant for, no. for Aragon. The air is cold. And when, like, Saphira wobbled unexpectedly and Aragon heaved over her side, yep. he wiped his lips, tasting bile, and buried his head against her neck. We have to go back, he pleaded, speaking mentally again. Yep. The strangers are coming to the farm. Garo has to be warned, turn around. 
He tries to reach out, but he's still being blocked by a barrier of roiling fear and anger. Yep. And he he cannot get through yeah, no matter how he tries. he tries. He tries a lot and just, mm-hmm. nope, can't get through it. Mm-hmm. And then I do like they get to the mountains and like this is like this is also shows us just how fast Sephira can fly because I feel like we've known that before. Mm-hmm. But this is like Aragorn's firsthand experience because it took him what like three day three, three four three days, days three four days yeah, to yeah, yeah. get into the spine. Mm-hmm. He's there within minutes mm-hmm. or maybe hours. A like, couple, I would say a couple hours. Couple hours. Yeah, yeah it he sounds gets like there. in how bad off Aragorn is at the end. I th- would say two three hours. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they get there... So fast. Wild yeah, fast. Really but... fast. But again, like, it's comparative. It takes him mm-hmm. hours instead of days yeah. um, to get into there. They Hours, because it is sunset. Yeah, because they started off in the morning. Like, yeah, Roland it literally leaves... took all day. Yeah, so yeah, hours. So it's wintertime, well, so day isn't very long. But yeah. still hours. Yeah. Let's say... And I would say, because it, it takes a while to walk into Carvajal from mm-hmm. their farm. And then they had to walk back or run back, whichever he did. Probably and then go to Sphere and then flew. So a good portion of the day. Like four hours at least. Yeah. Four or five hours. Then finally when she lands and he slid off the back, his muscles cramped from clenching so long, shook violently. Yep. And two large blots darkened his wool pants on the inside of his thighs. Yep. His le- the insides of his legs were raw and bloody. Yep. And just how I feel like, and it's, mm, okay, it's interesting. What is that book series that you talked about where people, there was a reviewer who didn't like it because the elf prince was playing beer pong? Oh, that was uh, Sarah J. Mass, the earth, blood, and sky, something, one or another. Yeah. Yeah. So there is that thing in fantasy where you expect it to be a certain way because it is fantasy. Yeah. And when you, like, flip or undermine that trope, it can be incredibly jarring. Mm -hmm. And so so some people, they just don't like it not being what they expect and can't handle that. Fairy prince playing beer Beer pong. pong. Yeah. And so this, I think, is a good example of that where you're like, oh, a flight on a dragon is always painted as like, that is majestic Majestic. and magical and wonderful. And here we see it's very real. It's very painful. Aragorn is badly hurt from being on Sephira's back for that long. Like his let like rubbed it's, raw yeah because you it says like it says like the inside of his legs were raw and bloody the skin was gone rubbed off by safira's hard scales mm-hmm. so it's like oof. yeah and how oof. he's his muscles are physically like he is in pain from being in that position for so long yep. and cold and i think if mm, what am i trying to word here i think this harsh realness this painful reality is incredibly appropriate in the in the 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 tone of the chapter yeah because i i'm not saying it wouldn't have been had they been like we're gonna go on a flight and it had done that and aragon came back hurt i think that would have been fine because we're getting a story that leans into like we we praise safira's description from being realistic and comparing it to real creatures to let her Mm -hmm. seem real so not to say that if if this had been supposed to be a more uplifting thing aragon coming back hurt Actually, I think it would have been unwelcome because it would have been like, wait, this was supposed to be cool and it comes back terribly. Like, what what message am I supposed to take away from that? Yeah. And whereas this is like things, the stakes are real. Things are unexpected. Yep. There are consequences to yep. actions that are done without thought. Mm-hmm. 
and Aragon being hurt because Saphira took off with him on her back when he was not prepared, I think yeah. is a wonderful example of that. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, it, uh, if, if you know, this hadn't, if they hadn't their first flight in this manner, mm-hmm. I think it almost could have been played off maybe like a little comical, yeah. just like a little bit. Because if he's like, okay, let's try flying, and then gets on Saphira's back and they're flying, he goes, wait, 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 land, 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 my legs yeah. hurt real bad. And he's then like cramped, he gets off and falls yeah, over, like, throws like, up, and yeah. she's, she's amused, and, and she's like, she's perhaps by need- it. Or I think Safira would have been like, you need a saddle. My scales will rub your yeah, skin Yeah, exactly. Or like, yeah, because like he's like not having fun and he's like, Safira, land right now. Like, this is not good. Yeah. And lands and she's amused and she's like, there yeah, that makes sense. Or like they, learning. yeah, they didn't even like, even like Aragorn like looks at his legs and he's like, I'm scraped up. And she's like, oh, so I didn't even think about that. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, like, you don't have scales like, like I do. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it could have, it could have been played off almost a little comical. Yeah, like it's real, but there aren't consequences because they're preparing for it. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that because mm-hmm. because this is and I think yeah it matches the tone it yeah, matches it the tone of the situation it, so well yeah and I think that's 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 the big difference between like because mm-hmm. I feel like that would have matched this everyday normal life mm-hmm. that we had before the strangers came into town but the strangers coming to Carvajal changes everything yeah and it's a tone shift it's a tone shift for yeah, yeah Ara- I, this is the first time Aragon has sorry interrupted no no go ahead <laughs> this is the first time Aragon has felt painful violent consequence from Safira. yeah and i think like that's 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 what like it's so appropriate Mm -hmm. and it's also like aragon like wouldn't have noticed because he was just like i am in the sky and the only thing keeping me from falling into space is my my, me holding Safira as tightly as i can yeah and so it makes sense and like also like she's scared and he can't reach her and that's really free yeah they're not communicating yeah he's up there with her but he's alone almost yeah and Mm -hmm. it's it's panic and terror Mm -hmm. and i think like the pain that he goes through is it just fits that tone yeah like the, the everything just fits it's like puzzle pieces and it just yeah. fits so well mm-hmm. it just all of that just fits so well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i love it i love it it's really good and aragon's like oh he can't stand he's like oh cool i'm in the spine i don't know where during the middle of the winter with a crazed dragon unable to walk or find shelter night is falling i have to get back to the farm tomorrow and the only way to do that is to fly which i can't endure anymore i wish safari could breathe fire yep i do really like that because it's like even through like we've again going back to just Aragon's character he is very like I need to figure out as much as I can about the dragons before I tell Garo like need to bring meat home to my family he's very analytical and he's like I am in the spine I'm basically boned like mm-hmm. there's yeah. nothing I like oh my god I can't god. do anything right now yeah I can't do anything right and, now but he he has the sense to assess this and yes he's like what can I do what can't I do oh my god yeah <laughs> and he tries to talk to Sphere again she's like dropped the barrier yeah so she's away from the danger yeah and a point that it's allowing her to be calmer but so aragon can reach out to her again he's like trying i love this like he uh, the barrier in her mind was gone without it her fear scorched through him he clamped down on it and slowly soothed her with gentle images why do the strangers frighten you murderers she hissed garo is in danger and you kidnap me on this ridiculous journey are you unable to protect me she growled deeply and snapped her jaws ah but if you think you can, why run? Death is a poison. Safira, look where we are. The sun is down and your flight has stripped my legs as easily as I would scale a fish. Is that what you wanted? No. <laughs> then why did you do it? I love just like, is that what you wanted? No. <laughs> <laughs> Through his link with Safira, he felt her he felt her regret for his pain, but not for her actions. She looked away and refused to answer. And he's like, 
And so we we don't know why these strangers have freaked out this dragon. Yep. But it's bad. Yep, it's, it really it's is. It's bad. And I like that she's like, she's like, I didn't mean to hurt Aragon, but yep. uh, I stand by what I did. Absolutely. I, I needed to get us away from there. And I, I would also say like, she didn't try to fly away until Aragon was on her back. Yep. I don't think she would have left Aragon. No. But as soon as he was on her back, she knew she She could leave and take him. Human on back. We're going. Yep. yep. Oh, good. He's with me. Like, I cannot leave him, but we have to leave now. Yeah. I also think, like, it's really interesting because I think we talked about it in one of the chapters before where, like, Sephira, although she's only months old, Mm -hmm. has this knowledge about her. And that's, like, a thing where it's, like, she says death is a poison and it's like where did you hear yeah. that like that is that is something else and then also like her reaction to these like she's not as far as we are aware she has not seen any other humans but uh aragon yeah because she has been staying away from the farm doesn't go near it doesn't mm-hmm. do anything maybe at a distance she's seen humans yeah but like the only human she's really ever interacted with is aragon and so it's like how does she know these two strangers i yeah. almost said their name <laughs> how does how does she how does she know them yeah and the but thing, she, it's like almost instinctual yeah how she calls it like fire enemies death murderers yeah. oaths betrayed souls killed eggs shattered blood everywhere yep. that's a memory yep like that's someone reacting to a traumatic memory yep. that by all means like sphere shouldn't have this so it's yep. it's cluing us in that as a dragon, Sephira is connected to something, something. more. Yep, absolutely. And that's um, very cool. Yep, I like that. But I do like how, kind of going back to where, you know, they're like chatting and everything. Chatting. Um, <laughs> no, chatting. He's in, he's interrogating her. He mm-hmm. keeps asking question after question after question. And he, so then he stops like questioning her and he's basically like, I'm going to freeze Unless you make me a shelter or hollow, I can stay warm. Even a pile of pine needles and branches would do. And she goes, there's no need. I will curl around you and cover you with my wings. The fire inside me will stay the cold. And he's like, well, fine. <laughs> Let's scrape the snow off the ground. It'll be more comfortable. Yep. And and she does. And he's like, I can't walk over to where she is. Yep. So she leans her head over and like to, to her neck and he like wraps his arms around it and she like carefully carries him over to where I also, she's at. I really like that. Sorry, were you feeling? No, no, yeah, I agree. I really like that because it's sh- like even in everything that, that they have been through, all mm-hmm. the terror, all the things like Aragon's in pain, they still have this almost intimate like moment mm-hmm. um, where she helps him. Yeah. Where she is so, so gentle with mm-hmm. him. And, like, he's in pain and he trusts her. Yeah, still asks her for her help. Yeah, fully and completely. And he grabs her and he knows Mm -hmm. that she will be, like, even though, like, she hurt him, even Mm -hmm. though it was completely indirectly. Yeah. He knows, he knows that it was not on purpose. Yeah. And he fully is like, you will help me get to this spot completely safely. And they just have this moment of her carefully dragging him over to that spot. Yeah. Even though, like, Aragon is, like, angry and confused, he he's like... No, she's upset and afraid, but he she hasn't explained why who these strangers are, why yep. exactly she fears them so or what she did. Like she's not talking to him. Yep. But he doesn't like shut her out yep. or pout. He's still like, Okay, but I, I need your help. You have yeah. you have, he's he's letting her know, okay, you need to help me though. Yeah. And she's like, you know, it's like relieved that she stopped it he stopped interrogating her. Yep. And it, it is it, I think this scene does demonstrate like the bond between Aragon and Sephira. 
so well. Yeah. I think it really resembles like best friends. Yeah. Where they can like literally rip off each other's heads one minute mm-hmm. and then just be like super buddy buddy next. Like not in a toxic way. Yeah. But, just like, more like things these... happen, you get on yeah. each other's nerves and you can come back from that yeah, point exactly. and repair it. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I think because it's like that full trust and love and just all the things that go into any healthy relationship mm-hmm. and i think like that's what goes here it's like even though they've had all these issues they can get past it yeah. they work through it because it's tensions like, and emotions were running exactly high. and it's and mm-hmm. it's like and it's like it, you know bonded i feel like them being bonded is also like a really big weight in that but they also mm-hmm. care and trust for about each other yeah and all these things and i think that goes a long way nah for real and at the end like Aragon just reflecting like he's so worried for Garo and everything went so wrong yep he closed his eyes and felt a single tear slide down his face what have I done I Ah! and that like and that that ends oh sorry were you gonna no I just be making a noise yeah no I just that end is also like for me it, it 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 also instills like a sense of dread for me because it is very much like it's like Aragorn, you didn't do anything though. Yeah. Oh, um, and it's like, and I'm trying, I'm trying to really come from a place like me reading this for the first time as mm-hmm. well. But I really do think like that has an impact of like it's not your fault, dude. Yeah. But he's going to blame himself. Yeah. It's like the survivor's guilt kind of yeah. thing, where it's like you just feel guilty even if it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, not quite survivor's guilt, but like along the same vein. Yeah. Where he just feels like. I, I could have done th- to prevent this. Yeah, if I made different choices. Different, yeah, and it... And it's like, yeah, if you made different choices, there would have been a different outcome. Yeah. But you made the choices the best you could in the situation you yeah. were in. Like, you didn't, you didn't know the future, my dude. Like, yeah, you like, didn't know these dudes were coming. If I'm yeah. like, if you did know the dudes were coming, like, you would maybe have probably you been... Maybe you would have left the Yeah. End. Maybe you would have told... I think the one thing that Aragon can be like, oh, I fucked up, is that... He should have told Garo and Roran about the egg two yep. weeks ago when he initially planned to, yep. rather than letting it all just procrastinate and pushing it out when he had no excuse to yep. do so after that point. Yes. And I had agree. he done that, he would have been able just to tell Garo straight up he and then they would have could have been able to like prepare. Prepare. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. But that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. But we'll we'll deal with the repercussions. We'll, the repercussions of this chapter later yeah because i think this is the first chapter that i was very much like oh my gosh i want to keep reading yep. right now yep. it it definitely ends on a note about because it's like they are a day if not a like a half a day if not a day's mm-hmm. ride away from the farm yeah because i think he says like and, if they leave first thing they won't even get there till midday yep and so it's like that is scary because mm-hmm. it's like if you think about it Garrow is home alone right now. Yeah, weird. Like Aragon didn't come back. What the Ar- fuck is that? Yeah, Aragon didn't come back, and it's also like not not too many spoilers for the next episode. But literally, he can't. Like I guess assuming even right now, like he can't leave. So they are there for the night. Aragon mm-hmm. will not be home for the night. Yeah, and Garrow could just be worried because he's yeah. like, where is Aragon? It also could be like him maybe rationalizing it, being like, well you know rowan did just leave maybe he doesn't want to come home yet maybe he went hunting yeah but then but he didn't, but he didn't but take, he didn't his take anything so, yeah. so it's like so he's probably weird but again i like i don't think this is probably the first time aragon didn't hasn't come back in a night or something because again or at least not come back like until like yeah late. but it's winter and it's dangerous to do yeah. that and so. so i think like i think there is some worry about garrow being like where the hell is aragon yeah <laughs> like, what happened and so he's home alone yeah, even if there weren't these two terrifying strangers lurking yeah in town. and then and in addition to that like last episode we were left with the last glimpses we had one of the last glimpses of the farm we had 
had mm-hmm. was that they were so small and fragile. Yeah. And then we also no like, defenses against whatever yep. this is. And then also like real quick at the beginning of the last chapter, uh, Ro- uh not Rowan, Garrow is described as his shirt hung loosely, his skin looked drawn. So like we know Garrow is in a on uh, the higher ages, and mm-hmm. so Garrow is all could also be seen as small and fragile. Yeah. And so like they're like that is what's the only thing left in the farm is mm-hmm. just small and fragile and alone. Yeah. And it's like that is scary, especially with these two weird people who made Aragon freeze in his tracks. Yeah. And it's also like, again, going back even further, foreshadowing even earlier chapters, if mm-hmm. something were to happen to them on the farm, they couldn't get to Carvajal in time. Mm-hmm. So it just it's just layers and layers and layers of like this, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, like the yeah. whole time. Yeah, yep, I agree. Oh gosh, all right. Well, I I think that's all we have. We can't talk about anything more yeah, until we, we have more to talk really, about. Yeah, so. no, it's it's so mm-hmm. tense, but yes. So what what's our writing takeaway? Hmm. This one is I think a little bit harder because it mm-hmm. like not going back to anything uh, else we said. Mm-hmm. It it because it, it's like I want to say that I don't know I don't even know if I could put this in like a sentence, but it's like. Kind of going a little bit along the lines of the slow burn of like mm-hmm. last uh, last episode's uh, writing tip, but in this it's like that those foreshadowed beats are coming to fruition. The foreshadowing helps build mm-hmm. the tension; it increases it because yeah. again, like we are left with fragile and alone and mm-hmm. small and isolated, yeah, and that that we've been told through all of these chapters leading up into this point. And so I guess it's like use foreshadowing in this way. You don't have to do it super obviously if you want to do it super obviously and it works for you, absolutely go for it. Mm -hmm. But I think like use foreshadowing in a way that when those tense beats hit, Mm -hmm. it is, you're just like, ah, it just hits so much harder. I think that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I agree. Yeah. I think I wanted to address something along the bands that we talked about tone. Yes, go ahead. And identifying, I don't know, just a good tone. Like, yeah. I don't know, the how the, it, it seems like silly to be like, oh, well, you know, the harsh nature of the ride is in line with the tone, so make sure. I think matching the tone. I think matching yeah, tone. Yeah, yeah, matching. Yeah, because yeah. you don't, like, dropping something comedic in this chapter would have been inappropriate yeah it just wouldn't have worked with Mm -hmm. everything going on so i think that's that's a good one like matching tone with with what you are writing yeah like like i think yeah like really committing to the tone of what you're writing yeah absolutely yeah i think committing because if like listen i really like thor ragnarok i think i do like think it's funny there are a handful of times where the comedic tone undermines what should have been a a tense serious moment absolutely and or a comedic joke undermines what should what should have been a serious tone mm-hmm. and yeah so I, I like that when the scenes are supposed to be lighthearted and, and delightful they are that and when something is supposed to be serious and frightening it is that so yep. committing to the committing tone to the tone absolutely mm-hmm. and it's it's almost like the very very true because you mentioned that and I, I just like popped in my head like the super trope of two characters you have been wanting to kiss the whole time and then somebody bursts into the room it's almost the same mm-hmm. kind of effect where you're just like it's a serious tone and then someone bursts into the room and ruins the moment you're like yeah why i was, I was really enjoying that <laughs> like what did thing. that serve yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. like having you know tone serving story and then scene serving tone yeah i think is what it is yep but i i agree i really i really like that awesome 
Well, Lucy, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Oh, thank you, Darren, for joining me on this episode. Always a pleasure. It's always fun. Uh, before, so much fun. Before we depart, I want to shout out one of our listeners real quick. Yes. Who's been chatting with us on our Instagram. Yes. This is one Curtis Moore. They've messaged us a couple of times. Uh, and always have just, like, the best suggestions or, or examples of things we've been talking yeah, about. Yeah, really nice. Yep. Um, we talked about villain motivation. They reached out and told us about a character named Judge from Blood Meridian, which I haven't read, but I, I, I appreciate that. He's <laughs> just been thinking about it for days and how he uh, he's obviously terrible, but every time I read it, I can think of a new motivation. But a lot of times, I think he might not have any other motivation, just that he likes then. He likes violence. And I like that. The idea yeah. of like a villain being so layered, you can see a thousand motivations in them and also comes back to maybe they have none. Yep, and absolutely. that does that demonstrate. It's like mm-hmm. super complex villain. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. It's also, but he, Curtis did note, I wouldn't recommend Blood Meridian to anyone I liked because it's a really rough read, but the writing is beautiful and the characters are amazing. Yeah. Which like <laughs> mood. Yeah. Like there are things I like yeah. that I would not recommend to anybody. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm like, I think they're good. You just don't need to know them. Yep. Uh, they talked about info dumping. A good example is the Bartimus trilogy. And a terrible example is the first chapter of the Perdane Chronicles, where the Black Cauldron comes from. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yep, I remember that. Yep. So ask Curtis. It's okay if I shouted him out. They said it was cool. So yeah. Curtis, thank you again for listening. Yes, thank you. Uh, listeners, if any of you know uh, examples of anything we've been talking about, even if it's an older episode Always feel free to hit us up or yeah. Aragon Pod on Instagram. We definitely want to hear examples. Absolutely. Uh, what's a great one of tone, I think? Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, one that you're like, hey, the tone of this is great. And why did we shift to suddenly? Like, I don't know how this started. <laughs> like, yeah. I, like I said, I think we learned from excellent examples of storytelling. Yep. Teaches us just as much as the, the um, terrible, <laughs> the mistakes, the thing that yes. you're like, ooh. Nope, not gonna do that. It's it's it's, can, it's a perfect example of what not to do. Yeah, we can learn from so many things. Yep, absolutely. Well, until next time, she's Lucy Hart. And she's Darian Smart. And this was Aragon. And back again. Bye.